Before we get to the episode, this episode is sponsored by The Italy Guy, Naor Menninger's YouTube channel. Yeah, that's right. That's the same Naor that hosts this podcast. You should follow Naor throughout Italy as he goes on crazy adventures. He visits uh, completely abandoned towns in the mountains of Italy, ghost towns that are just completely abandoned. He he tries the best pizza, the pizza that was voted number one in all of Italy. Can you imagine? It's like eating the the most amazing hamburger in all of America. And that doesn't make much sense, but he he uh, eats pizza out of a vending machine as well. He tries a pizza out of a pizza vending machine. He speaks fluent Italian, so you he you know he's able to talk to the locals and get kind of you know inside information that no one else is able to get. It's an amazing, amazing channel. It's really cool, really wacky. Um, all these crazy adventures he find he he explores. Um, an Italian town in Tuscany where supposedly you can buy an apartment for one euro. So you want to check out that video and see if he finally manages to buy an apartment for a euro. Check it all out on the YouTube channel, The Italy Guy. You don't want to miss it. This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Last week, something happened in Israel. Benjamin Netanyahu, who already broke the record as Israel's longest sitting prime minister, did it again. And after Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid overthrew him a year and a half ago, he made a historic comeback which left everyone speechless. Netanyahu took the country by a landslide and an outcome that none of the pollsters saw coming. But in the morning after the elections, as Netanyahu and his millions of voters celebrated in the small courtroom of Jerusalem District Court, things were as usual. The humongous trial of cases 1,000, 2,000, and 4,000 kept on going. Witnesses were examined by the defense and then by the prosecution. The state of Israel versus Benjamin Netanyahu. Charges of fraud and bribery. The trial will continue for years before a verdict will be heard, and that's even before the appeals. Very few people in Israel truly understand the complexity of the charges and the cases against Netanyahu, and Case 4000 is undoubtedly the most complicated of them all, and probably the most severe charges. It is also the most severe, the only one where Netanyahu faces charges of bribery, bribery, and many of his supporters believe wholeheartedly that this entire case is bogus. That is why a bunch of civilians, supporters of Bibi, decided to take it upon themselves to deep dive, to dive deep into the case and its 315 charges to prove that they are absurd and invalid. They call themselves Project 315. Today we have with us one of the initiators of this endeavor, Moshik Kowalski, to talk about Case 4000 and take a deep dive inside. So buckle up. Thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited to have you on. How are you? Good. Thank you very much. So maybe we can start by telling us like a little bit, give us the 30-second bio of Moshik Kowalski. Well, I'm uh, 66 years old. I celebrated the 
this week. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was born in Israel. <coughs> I served in the military in the unit that is now well known. At that time, it was secret uh, 8200. Mm. And uh, I was sent, sent as part of the, my service to, to be two and a half years in the States working in an American company with a bunch of other people and brought the project back to Israel. Uh, got uh, released from the army, went into the high-tech industry. Before the army, by the way, I graduated math and computer science from Tel Aviv University. So after the army, it was a natural progression to go into high-tech, and I uh, worked in a very interesting company called Optrotech for eight years. Uh, was the software manager, and then I founded my own company with a couple of partners. We worked really, really hard for eight years and brought it into a successful exit in the a Neue Market Exchange in Germany. And then I could retire. So I did a lot of hobbies and learning and etc. and a bit of politics in the beginning of the 2000s and uh, behind the scenes, of course. And then uh, 2010, we sold the company completely. And then I started some new ventures, uh, one in the area of finance and one in the area of uh, piano studies. And uh, about a year and a half ago, I was... Uh, called for duty for this uh, project 315 by a dear friend guy reserves hmm? called for reserves called for reserves right <laughs> from a dear friend named guy levy guy levy yeah. and so where did where did really project 315 start and how was it how was it born yes yeah, so to understand that we have to understand a little bit the the procession of the trial and how it all came about so i'll, I'll describe this a little bit otherwise the context is not there so according to, to what we believe and what we described in numerous articles, uh, the whole thing started after the elections in 2015, when uh, Netanyahu was elected against all odds with a large majority. And uh, it was an understanding within the, the left circles at that time that uh, it won't be able to topple him using the popular vote. So instead, they went into a series of investigation and leaked information from the press to the uh, legal authorities. And they had a common interest because Netanyahu was about then to, to revolutionize some of the issues about uh, the legal system and the power that it accumulated and the media and the way there was no freedom of, of opinion in Israel as far as the media and it's all monopolized. So it created a, a counter response and they went into this investigation uh, in 2016 and 17, they worked really hard, invested hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm not exaggerating. This is the amount that was calculated based on the amount of people that worked on it. A whole bunch of uh, investigators and lawyers were looking, doing a fishing ex expedition to get something about him. And uh, it all kind of uh, matured in 2018 when they recruited three state witnesses from the closest circle of Netanyahu. At that time, nobody knew the background of how they were recruited. Now we know after the trial has begun, we know the type of uh, uh, illegal means by which they were uh, recruited, including extortions and stuff like that. Uh, but at that time, it was clear to them, I think, that once they recruited these three people as state witnesses, Netanyahu will not have a choice and will leave politics. And then probably the, the indictments against him would fizzle. 
but he stayed because he thought it was very important to push some things with Israel that he did in the, the years that follow. And then in 2019, they submitted a, an indictment pre-hearing, like a, a non-final. Uh, that was just 40 days before the 2019 elections. And I think our assessment is that they were hoping that based on this indictment, including bribery, as you mentioned, he, he will lose the election and then they'll get rid of him this way. Pre-hearing is unusual, meaning usually you go to a hearing and then you... Yeah, for, for a person of this statue, a person who is a public worker, etc., there is a hearing. He deserves a hearing before it goes to court and then... Potentially, they can dismiss the case. It doesn't usually happen, but shimua, uh, as they say in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as you all recall, despite all the illegal leaks that happened in three months prior to the 2019 elections, uh, it was tied. It was actually an advantage for the right wing, but uh, Avigdor Lieberman chose to leave the right wing block and go to the left. And then we were stuck with another election in uh, September of 2019. After that, and that was another tie, and then after that there was the hearing, and the hearing was a sham because uh, in the middle of the hearing the chief prosecutor decided that she will take off and go for a safari in Africa. She didn't really mm-hmm. want to listen to everything Netanyahu's lawyers have to say. And uh, Netanyahu recruited some uh, senior legal expert to come and counter the accusation, and we'll talk about the accusation in a little bit, and they, the best in the country. Mm, the, the best in the country. Yeah. He took the best lawyers in the country. Yeah, but he also brought some experts from the States that were mm. supported by an opinion, for example, by Alan Dershowitz. Mm, okay. That actually said that the indictment of bribery is unheard of because it uh, took as the gift that he got was favorable coverage in the media, which is something politicians do every day, every, all the time, every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, uh, the trial was actually the, the, after the hearing, they submitted the indictment. Uh, or actually, they started the trial right after the 2020 election, election in the middle of Corona, COVID. Worth mentioning that at the time, there were accusations, I'm not kidding you guys, that uh, Netanyahu created COVID in order to delay his trial. And uh, people said that, actually, yes. They thought at the time that it was all a plot, so he will avoid trial. Mm-hmm. And uh, then uh, the, the trial started with a pre-hearing. I mean, they, they were putting all the initial claims. And then as a result, the court sent them to correct the indictment. And with a corrected indictment on January 2021, they submitted it. And inside this, they had to create, based on the court demand, an appendix that had 315 uh, elements, where is Netanyahu supposedly addressed the website in question, we'll describe in a minute, and asked them to give him favorable coverage, to take down an article, to add an article, etc. So wait, so the original indictment didn't have this, didn't elaborate mm-hmm. the instances. Right. That's what you're saying. Exactly. And yeah. when they, after years of, of, of you know that and and, and and huge sums of money they put into it you're saying that they filed a lean case a lean yeah, charge a lot, a lot of generalizations and stuff like this and general statements but no details 
And how did the let's, judges? But wait, let's yes. let's uh, let's rewind one second and lay down mm. for for mm-hmm. listeners the charge itself. Right. So uh, we're going to talk today only about case four thousand guys. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's the major one. Anyway, but just to to complete this, after that we formed Project Three Fifteen. Mm-hmm. After the election of twenty one, about April of twenty one, that's when Guy Levy approached me, and that's how the the ball began. So let's talk about because there the, were finally these three fifteen exactly articles to go through. Right. Okay. So let's describe what the indictment in 4000 entails. So uh, it talks about a period that starts from December 2012 until December until January 2017, a period of four years and two months. And according to them, sometimes in December of 2012, in a dinner held in a Netanyahu's house between him and his wife and a guy named Shaul Alovich and his wife, Shaul Alovich was a, quite a rich guy. He was the owner of a company or a partial owner of a company called Bezek, which used to be the, the monopoly mon- communication company of Israel, and it was privatized. So he was the owner of this company or the holder of control in this company. This company had a lot of subsidiaries. Some of them, one of them was a subsidiary that uh, in... Uh, uh, a subsidiary of a subsidiary that was a website, a website called Walla. Quite marginal, not very important in Israel. Israel's Yahoo. Something yeah, like that, but less, yeah. Yeah, less powerful. But pretty, one of the biggest, let's say, in the top 10 or 20 websites. Yeah, time. yeah. And, and what you mean is that Bezek owned a company which owned Walla, basically, yeah. right? A so company that this... owned a company that owned Walla. Okay. And... Uh, and uh, the claim was that during this dinner party, supposedly, uh, they agreed that uh, Shaul Alovich will make sure that Netanyahu get favorable coverage in this website of his. And in return, Netanyahu will do some regulatory actions that will help Bezek with its uh, operation. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the claim. And uh, they are... A bribe deal. A bribe. That's, that's the bribe. He, they, they never claim he got money or something that mm-hmm. equal to money. They just claim that he got this favorable coverage, which later on they converted to something called... A Positive... Exce- uh, exceptional excess or something like yeah. this. Uh, and the word <laughs> exceptional is important because exceptional compared to what? That's the question that one has to ask all the time. When you say something is exceptional compared to what? They never checked it. And uh, then they had to actually show three things in a bribe deal. They have to show what he got, what he gave, and the personal element, the fact that he was aware intent. that he was doing it, the intent that he was doing it, one for quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. He was giving it in order to get something. Right. Just important to say that, correct me if I'm wrong, I think... First of all, nobody here on this table is a lawyer or has legal, official legal education. Um, but bribe in Israel, the law specifies that it can be either money or something equivalent that, that is worth right. money. Right. Except- so you don't need to show to prove that money actually changed hands according to Israeli law. This is correct. This is correct. But also worth mentioning is that uh, this is definitely a precedent. That mm-hmm. uh, favorable coverage is considered that return that was never done in Israel, or 
to that matter, according to Alan Dershowitz, anywhere else in the world. Because politicians get favorable coverage all the time, and then if you want, you can always uh, catch them on bribery in this case. Which But I want to understand, it's the, the law states that it has to be either money or something equivalent to money that has monetary value? Right. So their claim must have been that the favorable co coverage equals monetary value? Yes. Yeah. 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 They yeah. say that, cover, that the ability to, if they... They prove that Netanyahu got the, the, the ability, the superpower to tell Walla what to cover and what to drop. That, that is worth something. You can, you can value this in money. It's like okay. controlling a website, right? Okay. So, so when we, Guy Levy, my friend, when this 315 items appendix was published, uh, read it. And when he ran into an item that he found out that uh, he remembered that uh, it was published everywhere, and uh, he compared how he went to the internet and researched where it was published at the time that it mentioned there, and how it was published in different websites, he found out that it was published in five different places, and that uh, the coverage in Walla was worse than the other places. So he said, what's exceptional about it? If this is a, a, a worthy news, newsworthy, then uh, why uh, put it into appendix? And then he th said to himself, I want to check all the other 314 items, but it'll take me a lot of time. So he called me and he said, why won't we start a project? We'll get volunteers and we'll ask each one to check seven, nine, ten, and we'll combine it all together. And for that, I need you because you're good with data and you can combine it all into a coherent document. And that's how it started. We recruited uh, two more people that were with us on the founding team, uh, Dr. Adi Sabo and uh, Moshe Malal, and we started uh, working on this project. Very shortly, Guy is uh, quite uh, prevalent on uh, social media, so he got about uh, 50 people to help him from the beginning, and they all were very anxious to dive into this, and we gave them assignments. Each one got a portion. And they all went to work and brought us data and we had to normalize it and, and rationalize it and put it all together in a template. So let's talk about the data for a second. Because Alpanav, how do you say in English? On the face uh, of it. On the face of it, that it, it would seem that, you know, okay, a, a bunch of people who are going out there to help BB, they got other people who are BB supporters and they read through some articles and decided, is this pro-BB or is this anti-BB? It's like from a from a listener's perspective right now, they might say, well, obviously everybody just said, oh, those articles are anti-BB. No, no. So how is the checked. data collected? No, that's not what it checked. What okay. we wanted to check is, first of all, what type of item is it? I mean, is it personal? Is it public? I mean, if uh, the prime minister of Japan is visiting Israel and meet with the prime minister, this is not a personal item. This is newsworthy. And uh, if it, we, they also checked where else was it published. Was it unique to Walla or was it published everywhere else? So that was the type of information. It's subjective information. We did not uh, claim that it's pro or anti. We claimed where was it published But if those, and why. But those parameters are relatively objective, is it newsworthy or public versus private? Was it published elsewhere? There must have been some kind of qualitative measurement, though? Like uh, of... Yes, but that wasn't the main thing. We, oh. wanted to, we wanted to, first of all, they found out amazing things. They found out that some of these items in the indictment were not true. For example, if the item said 
that a request was given to remove some article from the website, and it's still there. That's an obvious uh, falsification in the mm -hmm. indictment. It was always there. It was never taken off. But I think we have to clarify because, okay, uh, I, I guess the, our audience understands by now what's, what Bibi gets allegedly from this deal. Right. He gets this ability, this superpower to tell this huge website that's the prosecution's claims, what to do, what to publish, what to not publish, etc. Okay, what did... What's the bribery here? What, what did Alovich, the owner of Bezekwala, what did he get? Right. So when we started, we didn't, initially we didn't plan to go into that part because this is a complicated part. It involves regulations and companies M&A. I mean, I know all this stuff. I know how to, to read balance sheets and stuff like that. But uh, still, it wasn't our intent in the beginning. In the beginning, we just thought we'll research these 315 items and come out with data. And just to complete the picture, we also went further and checked what did the website did to other politicians, because mm -hmm. that's another mm -hmm. comparative measure. I mean, was it specifically favorable to Netanyahu? And surprise, surprise, we found out this, um, this website was much more favorable to his opponents and uh, gave them uh, the, the full treatment of uh, pushing them in elections, etc. So it wasn't a pro-BB site. I mean, we, can, we brought numerous examples how, for example, in the elections of 2015, which was supposedly in the indictment the height of time of support for Netanyahu, uh, the website was pushing very strongly the person who is now the president of Israel, uh, Itzhak Bougie Herzog. He was then running against Netanyahu in a, in a party called the uh, Zionist camp. And they got uh, excellent treatment from Walla. This was the period of Netanyahu's uh, visit in the U.S. Congress. Everybody remember in 2015 on March when he went to, to give a speech against the Iran deal. And the Walla website was very critical to Netanyahu on this accord and made sure that Herzog's voice will be heard loud and clear how he berate Netanyahu on going to do this. So all this was uh, happening, and this was important information we thought we should bring to the public, because otherwise the picture is very slanted. Now, but let, uh, yeah. let's, like, because it was so data-oriented, out of the 315 that they laid down, mm -hmm. what percentage were you, would you say were actually in favor of their claim? That was, uh, first of all, we, we categorized it this way. Said so how many of them really happened? About half didn't. Meaning half they requested to remove something that wasn't removed. They requested yeah. to, to, to add something, it wasn't, it wasn't added. added. Or they requested to to post an, uh, an article and wasn't posted. Uh, that was about half. Out of the other half, most of it, the, the vast majority, was not exceptional. It was like uh, events that uh, were published everywhere else or were just news items. And in most of them, Netanyahu wasn't involved at all. He had a spokesman that went and, you know, what spoke... Did spoke his, jo his job, essentially. Yeah, that's what all spokesmen do. They, they send like 10 pushes every day to the newspaper or to the website and to many of them in parallel. And whatever catches, they classify... No, not only that. They contact the editors. Sometimes. They put pressure... They ask, they threaten, they all of them do of it. Of course, of course. Sometimes it's like this. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, sending it, send and forget. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, many of them were this type. And Netanyahu wasn't even involved in their being published. But they attributed it everything to him. We found a few of them that were a, a exception. I mean, they only appeared in Walla. For example, uh, Netanyahu and his wife spending time in the Kinneret and are surfing on a, I don't remember the name of this type of surfboard. And uh, the, that was kind of a favor to Walla to publish something. You know, every website wants some mm -hmm, exclusive, exclusive coverage. So to say that this is a bribe is ridiculous. No, but the also, to also say that Bibi jumped through hoops in order to pass regulatory, to make regulatory favors to Shaul Alavich so he could make billions of dollars just so he would get an article about him and his wife at the Kineret is, is ludicrous. unheard of. Now, what, what he was supposedly, what did he supposedly give in return? Mm -hmm. that, that's what you asked. So, yes. So that, here they had a problem because they had to space the events, the, the gifts supposedly that he gave over a period of uh, four years. Mm -hmm. and, and three ministers of uh, communications. Actually, uh, two. Uh, he was, when, when the period started, uh, soon after, the, minister, the communication minister was Gilad Erdan, mm -hmm. who is now the ambassador to the UN, as everybody knows. And then he was replaced in 2014 when another guy, Gidon Saar, left the Interior Ministry and Erdan was actually promoted to become the Interior Minister, which is highest than Communication Minister. Mm -hmm. And then Netanyahu temporarily, we were about to have an election, the 2015 election, so he temporarily held this Communication Ministry, which is another thing the indictment says that he... Uh, deliberately took this in order to help Halovich, which was totally refuted in court. And then after the election of 2015, he indeed became the, the communication minister, Netanyahu, wanted to keep this portfolio. But as was testified in court, his main goal was the original goal that I mentioned, to, to open the media market to competition, which is severely limited in Israel. And that's why he took the communication ministry, and that was his main focus. Regulatory actions for Bezek was the least of his worries. It didn't interest him. It was, again and again, was testified in court. And then he was, when the investigation had begun in 2016, the, the ombudsman of the country said through the uh, Ministry of Justice that he has to give up this post of communication ministry. Mm -hmm. And then another guy was appointed to, to the job, Tzachia Negbi. Uh, now, uh, what, what, so the first two years, they didn't find anything. The time that Erdan was there, they didn't find any He action. is a witness, though, no? He is the, a witness, yeah. yeah, they're all witnesses, 338 witnesses. We need to start Project 338. <laughs> right. By the way, we are, we are now in the 20s, so we still have... 20-something, yes. After wow. a year and a half, we are a 20-something witness. Is that unheard of for a, for a court to even accept such a list of witnesses? It was, again, it was part of, when you submit, when someone submit against you an indictment with 333 witnesses, you say to yourself, these guys are serious, I'll better retire. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. That was the bug in the system. They will probably not, they will probably lay off some of those witnesses. No, but I wonder how many times a case is brought with that. I mean, unless it's like a class action suit or, you know what I mean? But yeah. 
How many times is a prosecution against one individual brought with 338 witnesses? It's not against one individual, for the record. It's against I know, I know. several. I just okay. think how much it costs us. <laughs> Every one of us. You, me, everybody. Mm-hmm. So, so the first two years, as I said, I didn't find anything, anything that he did. So I had to scrape something. Otherwise, what type of a bribe deal is it that started in 2012 and nothing happened until 2015? So they found two things. One was uh, Walla, the website, which was a grandchild company of Bezek, had a child of its own called, <laughs> a pro- called a, uh, Yad Stein. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a website for selling and buying, you know, like... Uh, Secondhand stuff. Yeah. Like Craigslist, let's like say. Like Craigslist, exactly. So uh, Yad Stein was very successful, and it was sold in the middle of 2014 to Axel a German, Axel Springer, which is a German publisher. Mm-hmm. And this deal was quite uh, lucrative to, to Walla owners. And because there is some archaic rule in Israel that Bezek, since the time it was a very important company in Israel and held all the communication infrastructure, there is some clause that says that any uh, action that Bezek does that involves buying or selling subsidiaries, etc., requires permissions from the Ministry of Defense, from the Ministry of a bunch of approvals. At the end, the last signature has to be given by the Prime Minister. Amazing. So when Yadstein was about to be sold, uh, it went through all this uh, chain of uh, signatures. And at the end, they brought it to Netanyahu to sign because he's supposed to be according to this. He, it probably went like this. They brought him f- to sign. He said, he looked at him and said, everybody signed? They said yes, and he signed. So now they hold it as something that he did for Alovich. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's the type of... Uh, but isn't there, um, like when they sign those documents, they get a legal... Of course. They so g- he got a legal like, that's advice. That's part, sign- part of the signatures. The, 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 the chief legal consultant... Mm-hmm. is signing it, advisor, mm-hmm. signing it to say that it's all correct. The chief fine. legal, meaning the... the uh, yeah, mishpati, uh, of the, the ministry, the, of the ministry, not yeah. of the ah, state. Of the ministry. Not, okay, because I was going to say it's the same oh. guy who prosecuted No, no, <laughs> of the ministry, in this case. Like, uh, yeah, 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 sign, uh, sign, Dana sign. Neufeld. And then, Dana then he Neufeld, ends up prosecuted. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That, so, so that was the, the, the two things. This and another thing about bonds that were issued by Bezek, that was the two things in the first two years. Mm-hmm. But then they came to, to the big deal that supposedly he did for Bezek, and, and it goes like this. Uh, Bezek, one of its subsidiaries, was a satellite uh, broadcasting company called, yes, yeah, something like Newscom. Cables, but yeah, no, satellites. Satellite, yeah. yeah, right. So, yes, was owned by Bezek 50%, about 50, a little less than 50%. And the other part of Yes was owned by a company that's owned by the same Shaul Alovich, who was the owner of Bezek. And he wanted for a while to sell his half, his personal half, mm-hmm. to Bezek, where he was a partial owner, for a lot of money. Sell it to, yeah, himself. to himself, basically. Sell it through to, companies, to, a, com- to yeah. a company that... One of those tricks rich guys do all the time. Yes, but this, this is all uh, checked by, you know, the board of directors of both companies, the, the National Authority, the SEC of Israel, 
Uh, they all check to see that there is no fraud to the, to the stockholders, etc. This has nothing to do with the government. The government doesn't need to be involved in such a deal because it's between two private companies except the law for Bezek. Bezek, again, is a company that is, has special rules. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing uh, was requested by uh, Bezek and Yes uh, way back in 2014. In March of 2014, they issued a request. It was approved by the guy who was responsible for monopolies. He said it's okay. And then the Ministry of Communication at the time with Gilad Ardan and a guy named Avi Berger, who was his uh, general manager, delayed it infinitely. They didn't, they, they didn't want to, to, to do it. And Netanyahu said nothing in the, on the matter. Uh, when Erdan, as I mentioned, was moved to the interior ministry, Uh, Netanyahu left Berger in office, the previous manager. If he really wanted to push something for Malovich, he would tell him, that was his authority, the next day go and I'll bring somebody that uh, will do this. But he didn't. He stayed for another half a year, as long as before the election, and didn't do anything in the matter. In March 2015, right about the time of the elections of 2015, uh, They decided, because Yes and Bezek were pressuring very hard, they decided to, to start, to jumpstart a process, process of 90 days uh, that will check by the National Council for Satellite and Cable in Israel whether this deal is uh, good for the market in Israel. And that process, Just like in the Soviet Union. <laughs> something like this. And that, that, that check went for 90 days. Uh, in the middle of these 90 days, this guy Berger was replaced by another guy who was brought in by Netanyahu with the sole purpose to open the media market, which has nothing to do with Bezek and totally different market. And that guy, you know his name, Shlomo Filber. Shlomo Filber is the main witness. He was one of the persons that have become a state witness. And now we know how. But uh, he was brought in and he started, he, he invested a lot to learn the market, etc. And when he came, they told him, here, there's a process going on by the National Council of uh, Cable and Satellite. They are now checking the deal between Bezek and Eurocom, the company of Alovich that holds yes. And they will come with a conclusion at the end of the 90 days, which happened to be two weeks after he came to office. He said, okay, let's clear the table. Let's finish this. Whatever the conclusion will be, there's a statutory body. They can decide whatever they want. I have no control over that. And they decided that it's okay to pass this. And the thing was finalized and was brought again to signature by... Bibi. Bibi. So here, Bibi did an action for Alovich. This is the major one. This is the... They call it... After an entire council... Approved it. A couple of councils. A couple and, of councils. And legal advisors. And a lot of people looked into this, and he signed it. Uh, and uh, their claim was that when Netanyahu met Shlomo Filber, and that's very important, the main pillar of the case was that very soon, days after Filber was nominated, sometimes in June of uh, 2015, Netanyahu called him to what they said was the guidance meeting. During this guidance meeting, Netanyahu told him, according to them, with a hand movement, 
that he should not raise the prices of Bezek too much and he should finish the Bezek-Yes deal. That was, that's in the, in the indictment. And that was a major part of the, of the trial afterwards to prove whether this meeting actually take, has taken place. But wasn't there also, uh, Philbert didn't plan to do, the, there's something about the infrastructures of, of the internet. That's right. another, that's th- that's guys, th- we, we told you it's going to be complicated, <laughs> but right. that's, that's the case. Because when he said, allegedly, by the way, it's not they claim it. Philbert testified it. And he didn't testify, but in the interrogations, he, what's the word? Uh, in the interrogation, he said, basically, he claimed that tho- that meeting took place. We, we shall see what he'll say in, the, right, but, in uh, the court. But then they proved in court that the day that they put in the co- in, inside the indictment, and Philbert testified on it, that it, that it was on a certain date, exact date, mm-hmm. one or two days. <clears throat> and uh, the lawyers of Netanyahu has proved, proven using location data and using SMS message, text messages. Mm-hmm. They proved that it couldn't have happened during these two days. Mm-hmm. And the whole chain of events that supposedly this meeting have started fell apart the moment they showed that it couldn't happen this week, actually. And it, he said it didn't happen before I was nominated. And then they said that during this week, at the end of the week, he went to Alovich and told him that he talked to Bibi about it. Alovich denies. But if the meeting occurred after, then he couldn't have gone to Alovich at the week, week after he was nominated and told him that. So it, it kind of broke the whole thesis of the court, of the indictment to the point that they came to court after it was refuted by the defense and said, we'd like to change the indictment now. We want to move the date to sometimes else. And the court told them, no, mm-hmm. you can't do that. It's, mm-hmm. already, it's, it's already been set in the indictment, so you can't now change your mind and say it happened sometime else. You had a chance before. You can't come after accusing someone of committing a crime under such and such conditions say, no, actually it was... <laughs> in a different date with a, a different, different weapon. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's worth saying that in Israeli judiciary system, it's a Russian roulette, basically, and, and the fact that they won't be able... Even if, even if the, the defense will prove that this meeting couldn't have taken place in that date, a judge can randomly come and say, okay, yes, you proved that he didn't take care, but I believe the state witness that he did occur some other time. The truth is a, is a great thing. It's yeah, not- no, they can come. <laughs> like the judge can come and say, right? I'm yeah. not, uh, they can... Yeah. They can say, I believe the state witness, and uh, yes, we don't know the exact date, but I believe the state witness that it happened. So, which brings us to the question, why did the Netanyahu, who is one of his closest people, Shaul Alovich, mm-hmm. who was the CEO of the Ministry of Communications, who was a key figure. No, Shlomo Filber. Uh, Shlomo Filber, sorry. Right. I'm talking about Shlomo Filber. Why did Shlomo Filber uh, sign a state witness right. against PB. Right, so before we, I'll answer that, but before we do that, uh, let's uh, explain the thesis of Shlomo Filber that he elaborated a lot about it in court. And actually he said it before he was even accused of anything. He said it on uh, lectures that can be found today on YouTube. At the time he was happy and uh, didn't even think that he's gonna get into these troubles. Uh, so when Shlomo Filber entered the, ma- the, the communication ministry, uh, as I said, Netanyahu told him, fix the media market, make it open 
and competition uh, and uh, competitive and bring as many channels as possible. That's what I tell you about the, the other part of the communication ministry, which is the infrastructure. Uh, do what you do best. I don't tell you what to do. Do what you do best to improve it. We are still like a Russian tractor from way back. We need yes. to improve it. So Shlomo Filber said the future lies in fiber optics. Israel is very poor in cyber optics. Fiber. Fiber optics, yes. Yeah. We, need, we need to improve the infrastructure of fiber optics. And it costs tons of money. Mm-hmm. The problem was that when he found out, he came that there, most, all the cellular candidates to do this are very cash poor. Because a couple of years before that, the predecessor in the communication ministry, Moshe Kachlon, ran a reform that really made the cellular companies, you know, uh, <laughs> bare bones. They fired a lot of people. They closed a lot of offices. It was very good for the consumer, but he was happy because the prices went down mm-hmm. with the government uh, dictate and uh, the, everybody was very happy. But they couldn't invest anything because mm-hmm. they didn't have money from month to month. So the only two candidates that could have invested to do this infrastructure was the Bezek, who was the communication company, and Hot, which is the cable company. They, mm-hmm. had, they had money, and they, Shlomo Filber wanted to invest billions. And that's billions. the duopoly that controls inf- like, uh, wire infrastructure in Israel to this day. Like in Israel today, when you want to connect to the internet at your home, you have two choices, Hot or Bezek. Well, Today, no. Today, you already have fiber Not from really. Cellcom, etc. Yes, you can. Uh, maybe partner, for Cellcom. Yes. But they, they ride, I think they ride on the infrastructure, no, of Bezek and Hot. No, they have their own. Okay. But at the time, Shlomo Filber designed a big reform, a really big reform, where indeed they will create the infrastructure with investment and they'll have to sell it to third parties in certain prices. But he came to an office which was obsessed with another reform which was quite outdated and not needed anymore, which is to make the wire telephony, the regular wire telephony, uh, to have Bezek share it with other companies. Mm. And he thought that this is, you know, who's talking on the wire phone anymore? We all talk on cellular. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to make a deal with Bezek and Hot to give back some of the things that were required in the past that they thought as a big problem and instead have them invest tons of money in fiber optics. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the big deal that he was doing. Now, the indictment uh, uh, looks at it at the tunnel vision. From all this reform, they took only the part that he wanted to to alleviate Bezek. They don't look at all at what he promised hot, which was something similar in another area. Mm-hmm. And they don't look at all at what he wanted to get in return from Bezek. So when you strip all the other parts, what are you left with? Shlomo Filber came to do good by Bezek mm-hmm. in the dictate of Netanyahu. They got the article about Sarah and Bibi in the Kinneret. Mm-hmm. That's, that's basically the, the chain of, of uh, evidence that they brought here. That's how, that's exactly how the indictment look. And they keep putting these sentences. Shlomo Filber has designed this uh, cancelling the duty of uh, mutual access between companies uh, at the time that uh, the accused Netanyahu was receiving an article in Walla. Favorable coverage. Favorable coverage in Walla. 
Um, okay, but why did he sign the state witness deal then? Okay, so why did he sign the state witness? So, <laughs> Google, I have a Google assistant and they wo <laughs> it woke up from my okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, shut up, Google. So, uh, Shlomo Filber is really the tragical hero of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, he's doing well right now, much better, but uh, no one wants to go through what he went because of his relative closeness to Netanyahu. So, in uh, 2015, he was brought after uh, an illustrious career in different things. He ran a very successful campaign for Netanyahu in 2015 in the election. And then, a couple of months later, he was recommended by a friend to become the communication ministry general manager under Netanyahu. And he started his job on June 2015. At first, everything seemed rosy. He went on doing this reform. He worked really hard on it with the people in his office. Uh, trouble started at the, about uh, October of 2016, month and three a year and three months after he started. Uh, he issued the actual paper that delineates this reform and sent it to Bezek and to uh, Hot. And uh, that's when uh, people inside the communication ministry that, you know, I will not mention names and I will not go into much details, but there is a potential that they were connected to other companies, competitors of Bezek. And uh, they went and leaked this to the press, that something really awful happening here and Shlomo Filberg is doing things for Bezek. Mm -hmm. And at the time, there was already a press coverage about the stuff that Netanyahu gets from Walla. Mm -hmm. That was a year earlier in an article, a famous article that started it all in the, the Giddy Bites Hot in Haaretz in October 2015. Mm -hmm. So Shlomo Filber uh, continued to work even though he was doomed already. And uh, he worked with, at that time, Netanyahu was not involved in the communication ministry anymore because uh, he was forbidden from doing anything like this by this uh, ombudsman. So the minister was Sachia Negbi. He coordinated with him the actions. And then he sent a letter to Bezek, that was his demise, when he sent it at the end of 2016, that told Bezek that Filber they sent a Filber sent a letter to Bezek and said that they will, uh, if they invest such and such, they will be exempt from some of the things like the separation between the company and its subsidiaries. And that, Im that, that kind of created the havoc. He Why? was because they summoned immediately a, a hearing in the Knesset. It was like a court martial. Mm -hmm. uh, they told him that what he did was wrong, and uh, uh, basically the ombudsman went into an action. Half a year later, mid-2017, to make story short, he was arrested. He was arrested for this letter? For basically, yes, for doing things for Bezek, and he was, because supposedly the letter was used by Bezek to uh, mislead investors in the companies. Bezek, following the letter Bezek published, I'll explain. The letter... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this gets really complicated. Okay. Yeah. The letter said that uh, Bezek is exempt from... That Bezek will be able to, to combine its operation with its subsidiaries uh, without a hearing. That was the mistake, supposedly, without a hearing. Mm -hmm. Bezek sent a message to the stock market. Everybody jumped. 
that it's premature. The next day, uh, it was corrected that it's not without a hearing, but that was enough. That was misleading investors, even though there was no trade or anything. By Bezek. By Bezek, based on Phil Bell's access. So and that's was enough. Was there an impact on the stock? No. And that's enough to indict him? They, they, they went on indicting him in mid-2017. He was investigated in the Security and Exchange Commission in Israel. Uh, him and people from Bezek, the general manager of Bezek, Stella Handler, and others. Were so all they weren't investigated by the police. They were investigated, but this, there is this regulatory forum, which yes. has strong power yes. to indict, but it's, it's a regulatory forum that is responsible on the markets. Right. Like the SEC. And we found out, we found out uh, during the, the trial that already during this investigation in June of 2017, he was under the impression, based on what was told to him, that they're not looking for him. They're looking for someone above him. And that someone above him was obviously, he knew, he said, I knew that they're looking for Bibi. So uh, they wanted him to implicate Bibi in the matter. And uh, he didn't give it to them at that time. He didn't agree to be a state witness at mm-hmm. the time. Even though he was investigated, he was removed from the ministry. Mm-hmm. He was on absent without pay. And uh, in uh, November of 2017, they told him that he is going to be indicted on this mm-hmm. matter. By the way, all these indictments were later on totally dismissed. Uh, they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So not said, against him, but uh, against, not against him, and not against all the people from Bezek as well. It was all finished, cleared, with some arrangements. No, doesn't go to court. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought, okay, I'll face these indictments. We'll see what we'll do. And then three months later, he was arrested again. This time by the police, by the uh, elite unit of the police, Lab 433, and they took him for investigation. I mean, the usual drill knocks on the six o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> search warrant on the house, taking him like a criminal to, to full day's investigation and arrest. And uh, he said, but you already investigated me and I already gave you the answers. And uh, I said, no, no, it's another thing. Mm-hmm. Now we're not saying that you just did something for Bezek, which was illegal. Now we're saying that you did it because you're a messenger to deliver a bribe the bribe action that Netanyahu did. You were the bribe messenger. And that's why you are investigated now. And that that time he said, I realized that that's it. I cannot escape this. Why? Because they're after me. Until I give them Netanyahu's head, they will not let me go forever. And me and my family are destroyed. Yes, but if the case is so ludicrous, he could have fought to prove his innocence. Yeah, but uh, easy to say, easy, easier said than done because when you sit there in the investigation rooms and you are isolated from the outside world and the investigators... You don't have lawyers with you? No. In, Is it- Isra- in Israel, you're not allowed to have a lawyer during investigation. I know it's one of the bugs in the system. <laughs> bugs. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a... Maybe a feature. Like so a really what we see feature. in a Hollywood movie, I demand to see my lawyer. Not in Israel. Here they laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> but an evil laugh. <laughs> and then they sit in front of him and they show him selective information. Like they show him, you know that all the time that you were hard at work and thinking you're doing good by the country... There was a nefarious plot above your head between Alovich and Netanyahu. They basically threw you under the bus. 
And uh, the, the investigator sits and behind him, like six big folders and said, all this is full with messages between Netanyahu and Alovich, how they are planning to have this deal. And you are, you didn't know. No, I didn't know. But they don't What's show the it. problem say? No, I didn't But know. It's, it's a go- so, so you're going to stay for two weeks. We're going to yes. send you to a special jail. We're going to yes. strip naked you. And we're going to... Uh, sounds good so far. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's, it does... It is hard it's to funny. believe that... It's funny. We're laughing that, about it. It's yeah, not yeah, funny. Of course. No, of course. but it, it is hard to believe that someone who is convinced of their innocence... And again, this is from a place of naivety, but someone who's convinced of their innocence and is being persecuted, not prosecuted will stand up to that they'll say well, i didn't like you know it's it is yeah, it yeah. is very yeah. but it's oh, hard to, losing his heat. okay it's hard right. to under yeah but he woke up at 4 a.m he yeah. has a baby no but it's hard to understand i'll explain I'll you know, fathom, to, to fathom that i i like if i was accused of murdering someone yeah like it's hard Ford to say in the that i would movie, be like, yeah. you know yes i but, did but this is a gray this is a gray area because when you do regulatory actions If someone comes to you and tells you very authoritatively that what you did was wrong, uh, you're not an expert on every minute details of the law about it. So they convince you that what you did was a breach of, con- of uh, trust. But you have a lawyer. Not next you to you. No, but you wait. You say nothing. And then you consult with your lawyer. Right. You ask him. No, isn't it like the, basic, the most basic thing? So you ask him, do they have a file against me? So we found out in the court that when the lawyer, the, the two kinds of lawyers, the one that represents state witnesses and the one that don't. Mm-hmm. Some lawyers say, I don't want to go with the state witness. If you decide to admit, I don't want to be your lawyer. Mm-hmm. So in another, another witness in the case, uh, Nir Hefetz had a lawyer that told him, don't admit anything, you didn't do anything wrong. Don't admit and don't become a state witness. So what did they do? They tried to convince him to change a lawyer, yeah. which is another, is another felony. Another felony because And they the, tortured him. The, Nir yeah. Hefez, the other state witness... Not, who, not, this, not this case, though. Not yeah. Like, it's, he's it's also in 4,000? Of course. Oh, okay. Nir okay. Hefez was supposedly the one he that... He was the go-to guy, right? He, he was the one that... The go-between. That actually, the spokesman. He is the one that sent the messages to Walla mm, yes. and asked them to, to be published mm-hmm. as a spokesman. Mm-hmm. So he was really tortured. He was held for like two weeks in, uh, in a cell. And, with fleas. Uh, with fleas and with starvation and without medicines. And uh, he was physically and mentally abused, including a special investigation trick which... He's under a uh, censor. Yeah, yeah, under censorship. We're not allowed to say? We can, we can say what we can say, because not everything, but there was a special uh, thing that was involved, Mekorevet, uh, uh, how do you say it? Someone uh, close to him. Someone who close to him. Very that, close. That was brought under false pretenses to the investigation unit, so he would see her, and based on this, he will turn to be a state witness. Or else his family will be... Aware in jeopardy closeness yes. destroyed destroyed it's not destroyed mm-hmm. so but okay but but back to philbel why what did he consult with his lawyers before he signed the plea deal he first of all they turned him to become a state witness and then they have him meet his lawyers and basically iron out the details and during this meeting Closer to the mic. The, during this meeting uh, between the police and Phil uh, and the lawyer, surprise, surprise, 
nothing is recorded because there was a power failure. Mm-hmm. The power one, went off. On, only in one room in the, in the investigation unit because all the other rooms investigation continued as usual. But in this specific room, there was a power failure. The recording machine stopped working. Nobody knows what went on But between the lawyers and the police and Philbert. Didn't he get free time alone with his lawyer? Yes. And we, do we know what his lawyer advised him? Well, he already came to the lawyers uh, in a sense saying, get me out of here, I guess. Mm-hmm. I want to be a state witness. The, the question was, what, what, what went on during the power failure? Supposedly, and that's just an assumption, mm-hmm. building the story. I mean, you want to be a state witness? Bring us material. What if I say, yeah, I want to be a state witness, but I don't have anything to give you. Mm-hmm. So let's build some things. Let's build a guidance meeting. Let's build another conversation on the phone. Find for us things that we can build into the indictment that showed that Netanyahu was truly involved. And there were three such events in the indictment. One of them was the guidance meeting. The other was the update call. And the third one was the reprimandation call. That was the three things that are held in the indictment that supposedly show how Netanyahu guided him to do these things for Alovich, how Netanyahu followed to see if it's going correctly. And the third one, he called him to reprimand him that something is not done right. So just again, guys, like we said in the beginning, to, to prove... And to have Netanyahu um, to get him sentenced for the alleged crimes, you n- it's not enough to show what Netanyahu got from Alovich. And what he gave. What he, nor what he gave. You need, those two are not enough. You have to show intent. You have to show that he that was he, the one to he give. He knew that he is acting yeah. in, in this uh, relationship of bribery, allegedly. And what... And this whole thesis is based on the state witness. So without the state witness, Philbel, they have nothing. Right. And Nir Hefetz, because Nir Hefetz was the one that took out the actions, right? Philbel is the one who took out the regulatory actions, and Nir Hefetz is the one that, that sent the messages to get the favorable uh, coverage. Exactly. Exactly. So but, need- but let me give you an example of what happened with this update message, because this is really funny. And that shows how good the lawyers of Netanyahu are. They're really top-notch. So uh, Philber said, one time, out of the blue, Netanyahu called me and said, what's going on with Alovich? Is it progressing? That was the original. And that seems really, you know, uh, bad for Netanyahu. Why would he do that? Suddenly call mm-hmm. him. And he said, I remember this call. I was on my way to Jerusalem and I got a call and I stopped and I remember where I stood next to the, to the office with the, next to a tree, etc. And it happened in nine in the morning, etc., etc., etc. It sounded very vivid. Mm-hmm. So they went uh, and isolated, went through all his call diary when he got calls from the prime minister office. And they found out the date. He didn't remember the date. But they found out where's the only date that this conversation took, took, could took take place. The, the defense did. Mm-hmm. And then they went and checked and saw that a couple of days earlier, there was an article in Globes, which is an economic newspaper, that said that Netanyahu is going to cancel some limitations that Bezak has. I don't have to... 
Now, uh, he, when this article was published and it was brought to Netanyahu, he says, why does it say this? I didn't even do anything like this. I don't. So he called him to find out why was it published because he didn't do it. He, he doesn't know what it is. That was the call. And, and Phil, Netanyahu is the, the Minister of Communications back he, then. At, at the time, beginning of 2016, he and, was still, yes. And Philbert is the CEO of the ministry. Like, right. Like, they talk all the time because... So, so Philbert said this, the th- this article in Globes was false. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really true. Mm-hmm. So they asked him, is it possible that Netanyahu called you to say why the publishing false when it didn't really happen? He says, yes, that's what it probably was. The state witness now say it wasn't like Netanyahu caused him to push him to do this. It's Netanyahu calling surprise to find out why something false was published when he didn't wasn't even involved in this process. But wait, but Filber, sorry, one more question. Filber didn't go yet to the stand, right? Or am I mistaken? He did go? I oh, forgot already. Started on March and he ended in July. So he he's done his part. Already, he's, he's done I, for, his, I forgot he's, all about. He's done his part. Wasn't there a bit where he was maybe going back on his word, and he was actually speaking out in favor of the defense, like his testimony that, that's was? What, that's for example what I was describing oh, okay. this this incident. But he testified, you know, with with dread, mm-hmm. because at any given time the prosecution could have, at any given time during the direct examination, they could have uh, declared him a hostile witness. And in this case, his agreement about being a state witness would have been canceled. And? And he would be exposed to being indicted. For? For what? For lying. For the, for for the lying? internal in, inside information. Uh, the, that, that, right? that, that would be a hard case to prosecute. Exactly. But they, because but they all also, the other counterparts, the charges were dropped ah, already. Okay. By the way, his agreement includes also money that was confiscated to him that they will release only mm. when they're happy with what he testifies. That's, that's in his agreement that was published. Bunch of thugs. Anyway, so, okay, I, I have to say, I find, I find it hard to, be, it's hard to believe. Everything that you're describing is just so, un, like, fathomable. But, and it, it's even harder to believe that out of this whole system that's, that is chasing Netanyahu and that is after Netanyahu, and you said hundreds of millions of dollars, which must equal at least, you know, hundreds of people, Oh yeah, investigators, and that nobody, that there's no defectors. You know, that nobody mm. came up and said, "Hey, they're they're the king is naked." Yeah, these guys are crazy. Well, a lot of the investigators, and some of them testified in court. They, many of them don't see the whole picture. They, they were given, you know, a single task like break Nir Hefetz and get him to say what we want him to say. They're just doing their job. There was a funny part where, you know, the investigation, as I said, happened during 2018. The indictment was submitted, the first one, before the hearing in February 2019, a year later. Okay? So, in between, the indictment was changed from, as we mentioned, from favorable coverage, because there wasn't any, to unusual access, or exceptional access. Mm-hmm. So when uh, they interviewed the investigator in court and asked him about these events in 2018, they asked him, did you uh, try to investigate Nir Hefetz about the uh, exceptional excess? He says, what is exceptional excess? Yeah. <laughs> the, the investigator said, what is the best? I mean, 
he is the one that was synced with the new terminology the new speak right with the old speech (laughs) so the lawyer said i i asked myself also (laughs) (laughs) wow that's incredible so but is there nobody that is there nobody that came out from the prosecution and from the side that is chasing netanyahu that said with information about how no they 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 keep a united line because it's really the the spirit come from above and uh, admitting admitting the the many violations that happened during this investigation is like going against the 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 <laughs> going against the company going against the is I don't, the, I don't couple, the couple they copy no, is there evidence yeah, that exactly. is there evidence uh like hard evidence of a conspiracy or hard evidence of people saying you know we need to get him no matter what no no i wish there was but the the there, there's some evidence as was uh, opened lately by a guy named moshe sada mm-hmm. who was the head of the investigative unit for, unit of the police he now tells he 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 went rogue as Not they of say. the police investigative unit of the police Mahash. ah yes he was in Mahash. yeah yeah so he went rogue and he came and told the what happened during the time that they had information from investigators that says some illegal things are happening during the investigations mm-hmm. and he wanted it to be investigated but nobody wanted to listen because it was again there are more important things right now there one of the problems in israel is that the unit that investigates policemen sits under the chief prosecutor who is the same guy responsible for indicting prime ministers for example and he works with the police right to so all the investigations again in this case for example were held in collaboration between the police investigators and the prosecutors from the chief prosecutor's office. And the guys who were responsible to 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 uh, investigate policemen are also under the same boss. So so there's a there's a yeah, conflict, conflict of, interest. of interests here. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that the guy who was the chief prosecutor, not the chief prosecutor, but the head of the the general uh, uh, what's the GA or how do you call him? The, the attorney general. The attorney general, at the time, um, had an open case against him, basically, in the police uh, unit. About, you're talking about Mandelblit. Yes. Yeah. And he's the guy who decide who has to decide in the end to file the indictment. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot that went on, and uh, uh, my my point is that uh, there was it, it wasn't only a conspiracy of like left against right or something like this. It's mm-hmm. all about preserving power. Mm-hmm. Uh, these these are tremendously strong uh, units, both in the police and the prosecution. They they believe that they can topple governments, and eventually they did in this case. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the return now of Netanyahu that you started it so momentous because uh, it's against all odds, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they believe that uh, this power is for the good and the enlightened one. They don't think they're doing bad for the country. Mm-hmm. They think they're doing good for the country. They call themselves the sons of light. Yeah. The sons of uh, light against the sons of uh, the, the darkness. L- the enlightened one. Yeah. 
the enlightened one. And, and, and they believe they're doing good, but it's really bad that you have an unchecked organization mm-hmm. that uh, can put its uh, heavy hand on top of the scales of politics, which is exactly what happened here. Do you believe that those trials will reach the end? Look, it doesn't do anybody any good. It did terrible for the country. It uh, created the polarization that is totally beyond the pale. It, uh, it uh, destroys the trust that uh, people have in the uh, public authorities where some of the people there are good, but uh, they suffer because nobody believes anymore. Or I said a large part of the population doesn't believe in the legal system because of what happened here. And uh, the, best, the best thing will, hap- will be if new, fresh guys, uh, you know, people of, of high uh, esteem, will be appointed to head the legal system in Israel, attorney general, prosecutor general. And drop and, the cases? And the police. And the police. And drop the case? Examine the case. Examine the case. Say, let's say we suspend it, Like the Teirada. Yeah, Teirada was dictated by court. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the court cannot stop the trial at this point. It Mm -hmm. doesn't have the authority to do that. Uh, Only from a certain point of view, which is quite extreme, it is protection against justice, defense Mm -hmm. from justice, which was submitted by Alovich. But they always say no to that claim. Yeah, so... But the the people who can pull the, the indictment, you know, in a moment's notice is the prosecution. Now, uh, I wouldn't say drop it. I say, say we suspend it for a moment, we're going to examine the data again. We'll examine everything we did. Was it legal? Was it correct? We'll examine everything that came up in court. All the things that showed to be totally untrue based on the case. And maybe, the illegal things that allegedly... Right. And maybe, maybe based on this, they will say, we decide to close to this, it. to dismiss it. But the judges need to approve that. No. No? No. That's but, totally... But, what's so frustrating about this case is the fact that you look, you open the news yesterday and you see a guy beating another man on the Ayalon with his helmet And you hear, I, I saw a tweet today about a guy who was convicted of rape. Today. Raping a 14-year-old yeah. girl. Ten. And he got a uh, 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And um, he, he got, got three, three years plus two. Two parole. Yeah. Two yeah. parole. So he'll be released after five. And, and the guy who stabbed uh, Shira Banki in the Jerusalem parade was, you know, known to the cops and was released. And, and, and there's just zero criminal justice. We're walking the streets of the wild, wild west where you could literally be beaten to death, stabbed to death, run over, raped, assaulted. And you have, n- I really don't feel safe for myself, for my family, for my wife, for my young daughter that was just born. And, and the police is spending hundreds of millions of dollars investigating exactly. the prime minister. That, that's what's so infuriating because there's uh, a lot more glory in investigating a prime minister. And, and, and uh, it's that, that, that's, I think, how they look at it because there's no other explanation why they, 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 they you know... It's a good skull to have on your belt. Yeah. 
It's, it feels like Gotham. For, for some people, it's like this. You know, I talk feels to... Like, it feels like Gotham City. You know? Gotham like City. It's so I, corrupt. I talked to one of the investigators that wasn't involved in this case, but was involved in previous case, and he's retired now. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, but he said, you know, the lawyer that goes into the room, all he wants to is to bring the scalp for his boss. He doesn't care, prime minister, not prime minister. Yes. He got the task. They're soldiers. He wants to do it. He wants to do it the best way. Breaking the witness, that's his goal. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. And then his boss wants to be promoted. And the best way to be promoted is to bring this to a successful indictment. Mm-hmm. And then the lawyers that they prosecute the case in court, they also want to get promoted. Yes. But then on top of all this, on top of the system, there's a person who started it all. And we won't mention names. That uh, he probably bears most of the responsibility for this going on. And then there are some people who are, as you mentioned earlier. Why oh, Shainitsa? We can say Shainitsa is the. Okay. If you want to. No, I, yeah. And then there's a person on top of him that. Uh, he, was the ch- he was the chief. Uh, prosecutor. Prosecutor. Yeah. It's not a secret. And he's retired now. And we all continue to. to what? You're afraid of Shainitsa? <laughs> seriously wow should i be afraid uh, uh, look it's a it's a scary environment to, to live in because you next thing you know you could be uh, slapped with defamation uh, those people at the top of the system they want their dream is to become supreme court judges exactly exactly and uh, that 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 can go very well with the 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 branja the the group that they belong to mm-hmm uh, so, but but we don't we 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 don't analyze the reasons. We know the facts, and the facts are really scary. The facts of this case and the way that it came to court, and we didn't even start talking about the other two indictments, which have nothing to do with the four thousand, and they're even more ludicrous. So, but if the trial were to proceed, do you trust the judges to make justice? Unfortunately, not fully, because this has become a, a zero-sum game for everybody. Mm-hmm. Netanyahu's acquittal is somebody else's uh, demise. Yeah, and uh, this is this is real danger because they know that if he gets acquitted, the whole system is going to be indicted, mm-hmm. and they don't want it because the, this system is the the the, the flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the judges too. So how can they acquit and 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 bear these consequences? Uh, that's why they were trying so hard, you know, to get into a plea bargain. Mm-hmm. But their their initial demand was a non-starter. Netanyahu was not ready to leave politics. So, so is that not? And I think we got to wrap it up after mm-hmm. this. But it, you know, because the, the the conservative in me wants to say there's a bug there's bugs there's even big bugs in the system like you mentioned before and we need to solve them but to look at the system and say there's something systematically wrong we got to rip it down and start from start anew is too extreme but when you say something like the that you know it's a zero-sum game and the system is going to defend itself and in the end we might have a prime minister indicted on on trumped up charges of nothing and having been thrown out of power because of those charges well let's be optimistic i mean nobody would predict a year and a half ago that netanyahu will become prime minister again true yeah 
he was he was also uh, a month ago he was eulogized he was eulogized by so many mm-hmm. and yet here we are so let's say uh, I, I think the solution forget for a moment the Netanyahu trial and how this will end up the solution for for the bugs if you call them in the system is first and foremost to create an effective uh, effective uh, how do you say it uh, regulation regulation on foresight oversight oversight over the prosecution mm-hmm. that's, that's the main thing oversight with teeth as mm-hmm. we say oversight that can actually uh, punish people And of mm-hmm. course, the question is who this body will report to, obviously not to the prosecution. Mm-hmm. So I think for the Knesset, mm-hmm. and it should be operated and, and keep, just like we have one for the police, or a true one, not the one we have right now, which is kind of castrated, but a true one that will cover both the police and the prosecution. But you know, we can even start with something very basic. Have the lawyers that work for the prosecution Give an hourly report what they're working on and make this report open. What file are they working on? Of course, within security. Uh, you have a pl- problem with the union. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's important because then you would find out how much was investigated in this case compared to other cases. Mm. And that's a simple solution, relatively. Just like lawyers, you know, in private offices, they come to work. At the end of work, at the end of the day, they type in what files they work today. That's mm-hmm. used for charging their, their clients. So we are the clients. We want to know what they're working on. Yeah, absolutely Sounds reasonable. Fair. Yeah, that's like a simple, a simple solution that, that, that will get them, you know. That's a da- data man approach. <laughs> yeah. You want data. Yeah. yeah. Right. Moshik, thank you for much, so much for uh, thank your you time. Thank you very much. And it was fascinating. And uh, I learned things I didn't know. A ton, yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, are you on social media? Of course. How can people find you? Moshik Kowalski, just in English. With an I at yeah. the end. Y. With a Y. Y at okay. the end. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I have uh, approaching 20,000 followers on Twitter. Nice. Nice. Guys, and follow then, him on and, Twitter. And there's Project 315. Right. We have a YouTube channel. Just look on YouTube, uh, Project 315, and uh, you'll find many, many videos that we did on the subject. Mm-hmm. It's But all in Hebrew. Most though. of them in Hebrew. Yeah. Uh, I did a uh, good uh, uh, podcast with Callan Glick. Mm. Mm. So in a podcast, I think it's number 30-something, it's in English. Nice. So look up uh, Moshik Kowalski and Caroline Glick, and you mm. can, uh, after you listen to this episode, of course. <laughs> of course. And then uh, you can find uh, that in Project 315. If, you guys, if people want to help, can they help out on the website? Is there donations, or do you guys, are you guys not uh, looking for donations? We, we do it sporadically. We uh-huh. just did something, uh, Guy Levy arranged something for the new season of videos that we put up. I see. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very Good much. Good luck. Thank you. Bye, Bye guys. Bye, guys.